Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We've been sharing some very important passages of Scripture on healing for several episodes now. We're calling this Healing School because we're just diving into some of the the healing miracles that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. We, um, we've come expecting to believe something. We've come expecting to receive something. So we encourage you as you watch today, expect to receive something, expect something to change, release your faith in the word that you hear today. You know, the word tells us that Jesus went everywhere, teaching, preaching, and healing. And so it's appropriate for us to uh, spotlight the healing ministry of Jesus because he wants us to spotlight that in our own lives and ministries. And so as you're sitting under the teaching today, you're sitting under the same works of Jesus. The works of Jesus is teaching, preaching, and healing. So you can receive your miracle just while you're sitting under the teaching of the Word. So we're here in this very intimate setting with some of my friends, and uh, we've come here to receive together. So grab your Bibles, get a paper and pen, and follow along with us. On the previous episode, we started reading about uh, the woman that was healed of the issue of blood. And so we want to again read that passage and catch you up a little bit. Mark chapter 5 and verse 22. And I'm going to read out of the amplified translation of that passage. It says, Then one of the rulers of the synagogue came up, Jairus by name, and seeing Jesus, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet. And begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be healed and live. And Jesus went with him. And a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides, so as to almost suffocate him. And there was a woman who had had a flow of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered, had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus, and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. For she kept saying, If I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source, and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. And Jesus, recognizing in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples kept saying to him, You see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides, and you ask who touched me? And still he kept looking around to see her who had done it. But the woman, knowing what was done for her, through though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has restored you to health. Go into peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. So when we look at this, this shows us that for 12 years, she suffered with this condition that blood has been flowing from her body. So you can imagine how weak she would have been from such a dramatic condition. 
So anybody under Jewish law that had a flow of blood was not allowed out in the public. They were to stay at home. They were to be isolated. And it was the ruler of the synagogue was the one who could pronounce judgment on her. If it was so, if, if judgment was pronounced on her, she could be stoned. So for her to be out in public, you see, she put her life at risk to even go find Jesus. So you can understand the wording here that when Jesus said, who touched me, she wasn't quick to step up, not because she didn't believe, but because she knew she was in a public place she was not supposed to be. And not only that, Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue was standing there by Jesus. So you have to see, that's why we took the time to read the whole passage because you see the whole setting. This ruler of the synagogue could recognize and say, she's not supposed to be in public and pronounce judgment on her. So that's why she was frightened. She wasn't frightened of Jesus. She was frightened that she had violated Jewish law. And the, and the man who could invoke judgment was standing as Jesus's partner that day. And so that's why she was slow to recognize or testify to who had received. And so verse 26 tells us she had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had was, but was not better, but rather grew worse. Notice 12 years of going to doctors, 12 years before she ended up running to the end of her money. So you get the idea that she must have started out with having a lot of money because she was able to not just visit one doctor, many doctors. So we see this, that this was not a woman who was okay with her condition. She was not okay with being sick. She was constantly reaching, trying to get help. And I tell you, that's what faith does. Faith doesn't settle for what it shouldn't have. Amen. Amen. And so she went to many physicians that said she endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians. Well, the physicians weren't bad men. They weren't her enemy. They were trying to help her, but basically they didn't know how to help her. They didn't know what would be the cure. So they tried treatment after treatment. And these treatments caused her much suffering as well as her own condition causing her suffering. But verse 27 gives her hope. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus. I tell you, nothing gives you hope like knowing what Jesus will do for you. She heard the reports. Now see, she hadn't seen Jesus. She hadn't heard a sermon of his. She just heard somebody talking. It matters that you tell what Jesus has done for you. You don't know who needs a miracle that's going to hear what you have to say. She reached, she was able to receive her miracle because somebody told about their own. Somebody told her about Jesus. Somebody told her they had to tell her that he was a healer because that's what she came seeking from him. And so she heard what they said. And she, the thing is, she didn't just hear it and go, that's good for them. She heard it and she believed it. She chose to believe when you come to church, when you read your Bible, when you hear a testimony based on the word, choose to believe it. Because when you hear something, you have a choice to make. You're going to believe it or not believe it. Well, choose to believe that which is in line with the word. So she heard the reports concerning Jesus. And it says, and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. So this lets us know what report did she hear? She heard something about his clothing. She heard somebody say, 
that somebody had received healing just by touching his clothes. They didn't have to touch him, the person of him. They just touched what he wore. Why? Because him being uh, saturated with the power of God, that saturation was absorbed by his clothing. And so they touched his clothing and even just touching that clothing in faith. And can I say this? It wasn't just his clothing that healed him. It wasn't just the anointing in the clothing that healed them. They had to release faith. It was their faith joined with that power. Power has to be joined to faith or power won't work anything in your life. You know, in your car, many of you have a car. Uh, just having a car in your driveway or the parking lot doesn't mean you're going somewhere. There's potential power. In that, in that vehicle, but you've got to turn the key. You've got to push the button that ignites that power. It's the same thing. Jesus had power. He was a carrier of that power, but it's power alone wouldn't work. Someone had to ignite the power and it's faith that ignites the power and causes it to flow in their direction. And this is what this woman did. She chose to believe that there was power uh, flowing from him and that she could receive it for her own condition. Amen. It would have been easy for her to stay home. It would have been easy to just stay in bed and uh, just have uh, sad feelings about your life and all your sufferings. But she didn't. She chose to believe. And when you choose to believe, you'll inconvenience yourself. You'll get up. You'll violate what your body says to do. She got up. She got dressed. She got out of the house. She put her life at risk to be out in public. But she, her believing would not leave her in bed. Her believing would not leave her at home. Her, your believing will put you reaching. Amen. You'll press. And so verse 28, we see such an important thing about the law of faith and how it operates. Verse 28 says, for she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. She hasn't seen any change in her body. She hasn't ever seen personally anyone healed under Jesus's ministry. She's just heard about it. But what faith this woman had that faith says what you believe will happen before you see it. And this is what we see in verse 28. She kept saying, she didn't just say it once. She kept saying when the temptation to say, turn around, go back home. You're too weak to have to take this journey. You're too weak to press through the thousands of people that were there. She kept saying to herself, if I only touch his garments, I'll be restored to health. And that's what kept her going when other people wouldn't even leave their homes for him. This woman was speaking her faith. How does faith come? Faith does not come by praying. I tell you, faith does not come by praying. So many people will pray that God will give them faith. That's not how it comes. The word tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So hearing, she heard uh, a testimony about Jesus. She heard of him. And when she heard, faith came. That was enough 
for her to get up and leave her house. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. Now, let, let's make this clear. Let's say the neighbor woman comes and tells her. We don't know who came and told her, but somebody came and told her. So let's say the neighbor woman comes and tells her, and the woman says, oh, I believe that. I believe that people were healed when they touched Jesus' clothes, and she just sits at home. Yeah. You can believe and sit at home and get nothing. But when you believe... Bible believing is followed up with an act. She got up. She got out of the house. She went to find him. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, Jesus isn't on the earth anymore. No, but your pastor is. There's a pastor in the local church that preaches the word. Get up, get dressed, go to church. Amen. Don't just believe something. Get up and make an action in line with what you believe. Why? Faith comes by hearing. But faith is not released by hearing. Let me say that again. Faith comes by hearing the word. But faith is not released by hearing. When people have a need, they'll start hearing the word. Maybe they'll put on a sermon online or they'll listen to some kind of message on, you know, a, a CD, some kind of audio, something. And they'll keep hearing and hearing. You can get here. You can hear for days and weeks and months. But if you never act, it won't matter that you have faith. It won't matter that you have faith. Faith comes by hearing, but faith is not released by hearing. For your faith to benefit you, you have to release it. That means you have to act on what you hear. This woman heard that Jesus was a healer and she got up and left her house and go did something in line with what she believed. And so faith is not, faith comes by hearing, but faith is not released by hearing. Faith is released by what you say and by what you do. This woman did both. She said something and she did something. She kept saying, if I can only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. When I minister to people in a service, in a healing line, I have them to say something before I touch them. Why? It's not enough that they have faith. They got to release it. So before I lay hands on people, I have them to say, I believe in the power of God. When hands are laid on me, the healing anointing of God will go into me and drive out pain, symptoms, sickness, and disease, and I shall be whole. Why? Faith is released through what you say. If I could say this, faith lays a landing pad. For the power of God to land right where you assign it. And so I get people saying something. And so, because if people can have faith that God will heal them, but if they never say it, it won't happen. Faith has to be released through what you say and through what you do. And this is what we see. Notice, I think it's so important to see, again in verse 28, it says, For she kept saying... Who's she saying it to? Mm-hmm. Herself. Yes. Yes. Talk to yourself. Yes. Talk faith yes. to yourself. Speak faith words to yourself. For those who have been taught much about faith, we've learned what it means to make a right confession, mm-hmm. to speak the word and say the word. And sometimes people have learned to make the right confession to others But what do you go home and say to yourself? What you say to yourself is every bit as important as what you say to somebody else. 
you can't say the right thing to others, the right thing to your pastor, the right thing to leaders in your church, and then go home and worry about it to yourself. Amen. It matters what you say to yourself as much as it matters of what you say to others. We can't speak words of faith to others than entertain thoughts of doubt to ourselves and think that we're going to have strong faith. Amen. Amen. Verse 29 says this, and immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. So that healing power was tangible to her. She felt, she felt it. Notice she said something before she ever felt anything. This is the divine order of faith is you have to say something and then you'll feel something change. Many want to feel something change and then say something. But we see in this situation, she said something first. And because she said the right thing, she felt the right thing. Amen. Notice she spoke what she believed first. Sometimes the power of God is tangible. Sometimes you feel it. It can be felt, but sometimes it's not tangible. What you're going to believe. (laughs) There are many people who say, well, I felt something. So I believe that God did something. Well, that's not why we, we don't believe because we felt something. We believe because the word says something. Amen. Because power, the power of God can be felt and the power of God can be unfelt. You have to realize that. The power of God can be felt, but it can also be unfelt. And just because it's unfelt doesn't mean it's less powerful. Amen. I went recently to the dentist. Ever, anybody ever been to the dentist? Yeah. Yes. And what do they do? They want to take x-rays. Yes. Why? So they'll know what treatment to give yes. you. So they uh, come in and they prepare you to for them to take the x-rays. They lay this big, heavy apron over your body. <laughs> and then they leave the room. <laughs> and they go out and they push a button and you hear, yeah. you hear it, but you don't feel anything. Right. And then they come back in. Why did they leave? You didn't feel anything. Why did they leave? Because there was power unfelt going on in that room. Yes. And they don't want to stand in that room all day when they're pushing the button for customer after customer, client after client, and they're, they're, they're recipients of a power they don't feel. Amen. And so that radiation, you get a small measure of radiation and you can't feel it, but it's still power and it's still working. And after a few minutes, the dentist may even show you the x-ray of what that power, the picture that power took. Right. Right. So it doesn't matter whether you feel power or not. It's what you believe that determines whether or not you receive. Not what you feel, what you believe. Amen. Jesus told my spiritual father, Kenneth Hagin was our spiritual father. And in one occasion, Jesus said to dad Hagin, he said, there is enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one. Now you would say, why is that true? Because the Holy Ghost is present. 
The Holy Ghost is the power of God. He's everywhere. He's present in the earth. On the day of Pentecost, which is recorded in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came and made earth His residence. The body of Christ is where He has set up His residency in us. And so because He's present, power is present. And that's why Jesus said, the power is present in every sick room, in every hospital room. But Jesus gave two conditions. He said, there's enough power to raise up that sick one in every hospital room, in every sick room. Number one, they have to know it's present. And number two, they have to give it action. Yes. You see, you, you say, well, I want God to help me. He did. There's power present right there to help you in the room. Now it's up to you to give it action. You have to believe that it's there and give it action. That's what this woman did. She believed that there was power in Jesus's garment and she gave it action. You don't even have to get up and go touch the garment of a man. It's in the atmosphere around you. There's power present in every room. And if you're born again, there's power enough present in you to heal you. Why? Because the heater's in you. The healer's in you. Therefore, the power is in you. If you will know that and release your faith in that, that power will flow whether you feel it or not. And it can heal you. And you don't just say it once. She kept saying, power is in me. See, you have a right to say, the healing power of God's in me because the greater one is in me. I believe that power flows right now and heals my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And then you feel your leg hurt and you go, no, I believe. You see, you've got to keep saying what you believe no matter what you feel. You might feel symptoms and you may never feel the power. What you're going to believe. We don't believe based on what we feel. We believe based on what the word says. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, I I remember a testimony years ago when my son was born. He was only about uh, three weeks old and his lungs, he was breathing and his lungs didn't sound right. So I took him to the doctor and the doctor said, and uh, I'm going to put him in the hospital immediately. He hospitalized him. And so uh, my husband was out of town preaching. So I was there in the hospital room by myself with the baby. And I took the baby out of the, out of the baby bed and I sat in a rocking chair. The nurse came in and they said, the doctor won't be here for another hour. He's got to do something. They told us not to give the baby any medication because we don't want to alter his symptoms. The doctor needs to see the symptoms so that he can help diagnose the problem. We don't want to alter the symptoms. So for the next hour, it was just me and the baby in there and I, took him in my arms. I sat down in a rocking chair they had there and I reminded Jesus of what he told my spiritual father. I said, Jesus, you told Dad Hagen that there was enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one. And I said, I believe that. And you said, you only have to know it's present. I know it's present because you said it. Not because I feel it, but because you said it. So I believe it's present. And you said you have to give it action. So I give it action with my words. You see, it's your words that activate the power of God. It's your words that activate your miracle, activates your healing. So I said, 
So I believe that power works from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. I didn't know what the condition was. I didn't know what was causing him to have these symptoms, but I didn't have to know to believe. So I said, I believe that power works from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And then I just said that maybe 30 seconds of praying in my own language. And then the rest of the time I just sat there and worshiped. Why did I do that? So that I could keep my mind from wandering yes. into the negative yes. direction. Yes. Yes. That's so, good. Yeah. so I kept worshiping. Why? Because that's the flow of faith. That's how you hold yourself in the flow of faith. Worshiping God holds you in the flow of faith. So for the rest of the hour, that's all I did was sit and worship God. And so at the end of the hour, the doctor walked in and he again ran all of his tests that he would run. And he came back and he said, there's nothing wrong with this baby. You can take this baby home. Well, I didn't feel anything, but I got the, I got the result. Amen. The power of God did the work. I said, the power of God did the work. I said, the power of God did the work. And so it says in verse 30, and Jesus recognized in himself that power proceeded from him and had gone forth. And he turned around immediately and the crowd said, who touched my clothes? Now see, the, the, the disciples checked him. They said, there's a crowd pressing on you and you're asking such a general question of who touched me whenever this whole crowd is touching you. See, to the one who didn't release faith, it sounded like something general. But to the one who released faith, that's not a general word. I touched him. Notice, no one else testified that they were healed. They touched and didn't get a thing. They touched and didn't get a thing. Why? It wasn't touching Jesus that got you healed. It was releasing your faith when you touched Jesus. And there was only one out of that multitude that could say, I released my faith. I got something. Amen. And so she came up and she testified. And then he gives her an instruction on how to keep the healing that she had received. In verse 34, he said, daughter, your faith has restored you to health. Notice he didn't say it's my power. He said it's your faith. Well, was his power active? Yes, but it was her faith that activated it. So faith and power moving together. Then he tells her how to keep it. Go into peace and be continually healed and restored from your distressing bodily disease. So we get this idea. Did she open the door to sickness through losing her peace? How do you lose your peace? Fear, worry, doubt. So he told her, protect your peace. Why? Because in protecting your peace, you protect your health. If you worry, you open the door to the devil to attack you. But if you stay in peace, I refuse to worry. I refuse to be in fear. Then you keep the door shut to the devil and he cannot rob your health from you. Listen, the devil's busy trying to take your healing from you. Don't let him. Stay in peace. Stay out of fear. Stay out of worry. He was telling her how to hold fast to the healing she had received. Amen. Uh, peace belongs to us. Yes. Refuse fear. Yes. Refuse worry. Amen. Because the power of God belongs to you. Hallelujah. 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 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.